1: So Rokon Smith came out and he said, and I'm just going to paraphrase here, that it was great to finally be a part of a winning organization. And our friend Brendan Chagru was like, oh, this one cuts deep. And it does. I mean, in a way, I mean, listen, I'm as optimistic about the Bears as anybody, but I have to face the reality that, number one, the Chicago Bears have not won in quite some time. This is the longest, most disappointing stretch of Bears football, probably since the 70s. I mean, this time since Lovey Smith has been fired, it's not been great. I know we did have some playoff appearances uh, with Matt Nagy. I was, I was about to say playoff success with Matt Nagy, but that would definitely not be the word to use. But we did have a couple of playoff appearances with Matt Nagy. He actually, Matt Nagy was 34 and 31. So he actually was fired with the winning record. This is the longest, most disappointing stretch. And Roquan Smith is now playing for one of the not only best organizations in all of football, but I would even say perhaps all of sports. It's a well-run organization, great people, great family run it. I mean, I'm assuming it's a great, I know, I know one Bashadi and she's awesome. So I'm just assuming everybody else is as wonderful as Taylor. And so, yeah. So when Roquan Smith says that, it's like, yeah, yeah, you're on it. You're on a team that could potentially have the, the first overall selection in back-to-back years, as opposed to playing for the Baltimore Ravens who are pretty much in the playoffs every year John Harbaugh, one of the best coaches in the league, and we hope at some point the Chicago Bears are going to be at that point, and perhaps Ryan Poles will get us there, but for right now, we are not part of it, so I understand that those words kind of sting, but it's the reality of the situation, and we shouldn't worry too much about that. Instead, we should worry about playing the Carolina Panthers in Week 9, which is actually a win-win, because whoever wins gets gets a leg up in draft pit position and we have both picks so it doesn't matter so let's get into it and sammy let's go ahead and start the show turn up your, turn volume. Up your volume because you're about to listen to the sick, sick the sick podcast with adam ray trying to cut it back justin fields making magic happen There's- Touchdown! the sickest chicago bears and fantasy football podcast brought to you by underdog fantasy entertainment like no other It's gonna be sick it's wednesday night you know what that means it is time for take it to the rank not necessarily a new day and not necessarily a new time we've been doing this wednesday evening jaunt since the season began so we appreciate everybody who is joining us here tonight we'll get you on your way before aew dynamite and of course the tape never lies network will be going on in about an hour and a half but for right now uh, i made our way through that long preamble so without further delay from foxsports.com and the sick podcast it's carmen vitale who is joining us right now carmen how are you living Ooh. I know,
0: I know. It was like much more blurred than I was
1: expecting. Um, I'm great. I'm at I'm at some family's house, so I don't
0: want to put all their 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 uh, their portraits and everything that's going on in the office uh, on blast.
1: <laughs> I appreciate you doing that. There's something you know. Now that I know that Streamyard does that, because it's so liberating. Because there'll be times where it's like I gotta drive home. Cause I want to at least be in front of my set sometimes, but it would be nice to be out in a coffee. I guess if you're in a coffee shop, you don't look as bad, but you know, being in somebody's private home, it's a little bit different. So we appreciate you uh, trudging along for it. By the way, I got to say, I know I talked to you a bit before the show. I'm just coming off two days, three days in San Antonio uh, for a work-related event with Strix on Cleveland golf. And I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you navigate all the travel, and then still keep up with everything. I've got to give you a round of applause for everything that you do. Uh, but how are you living now?
0: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's very uh, – it can be hectic if that's what football season's all about, especially when you have four different teams that you have to keep track of. That's the, that's the hardest part is, like, half the time I'm on planes and the Wi-Fi is not working and I'm trying to rewatch a game and it's – it's it's yeah, it, it gets hectic sometimes, but we're good. We're good. I have a, I have a actually a really wonderful feature coming out on Sam LaPorta tomorrow. So I'm really Ooh. excited. About that.
1: Can't yeah. wait for that. Uh, anybody who's playing uh, fantasy football knows that Sam LaPorta has been in one of the great finds of the season. Anybody who missed out on Travis Kelsey, of course, uh, there was a lot of great, there's a bit, a lot of good tight ends uh, who have emerged this year. Kate Otten being one of them from your, your former employer, Sam LaPorta has yeah. been one of them. TJ Hawkinson. Is just about ready to take off with Josh with Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs Mm -hmm. loves this tight end. I know you don't. I know you're not. I know that you always claim that you're not hip to fantasy, but this Sam Laporta feature (laughs) is something that fantasy enthusiasts are going to love. And I'll remind everybody, since we're on this subject, underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy football. It's simple and easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or better yet, download the – and I'm surprising Sammy with this one, uh, throwing it right off the top. But Underdog Fantasy is the (laughs) easiest way to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, use the promo code SICK, and you can get your initial deposit up to $100 matched by Underdog Fantasy. The guillotine leagues, which I was talking about in a most recent reel on Instagram – and i think on tiktok we'll get into that at some point I'm, i won't bore you with that but for anybody I'll, I'll have a special session to talk about that underdog fantasy is one of the leaders in guillotine leagues if not the top leader and they also though but one of the cool things they have are these uh these pick'em games and uh, sam laporta i can't say i cannot lead you one way but i'm just saying sam laporta and tj hawkins <laughs> I'm not saying what to do. I'm not. I'm telling you not what to do, but go to underdog. Other than going to underdogfantasy.com, signing up using the promo code sick and getting that, getting that initial deposit done. And a lot of people who will be watching the Thursday night game. If you want to have a little bit of fun, underdog fantasy is a way. We are trying to figure out though what the heck Matt Eberflus was talking about today because it feels like I kind of get what Matt Eberflus was saying. Where is Justin Fields playing? He's like no. But we're gonna give him an opportunity to try it out tomorrow, which is I feel like all he needs to say, but it just he just talked in circles, and yet somehow I remain as confused as ever. What was he talking about? What, what is going on with Justin Fields? I, I mean he's out, he's not playing. Matters said he's
0: Justin Fields is not playing tomorrow night against the, the Carolina Panthers. I understand them wanting to put Justin Fields through a pregame warm-up. Mm -hmm. And to see just how he's feeling and how he's progressing and all that kind of stuff, because you really don't know until you go through those motions, but you can still, you can still put a guy through a pregame warmup and rule him out. I mean, he's going to have to be ruled out. And even Matt said something about that too, about how they'll rule him out eventually. So I was like, why not just do it now? (laughs) He's just going to be downgraded to out because he's going to show up on the inactive sheet 90 minutes before kick, uh, which is when we get those, uh, you know, for every game. So I'm just like, why, there's no suspense here. I mean, Carolina has prepared for Tyson Bajant, and you're not going to throw Justin Fields in for his first time back from injury into the fire last minute. Like that's not going to happen. So I don't really understand the doubtful designation. I know people don't understand why Justin Fields hasn't been, I like, didn't go on IR initially. Yeah. I think it's an, it, Courtney yeah. Cronin actually thread about it, but it was, it's a numbers game. You can only designate so many guys for IR, and then have them return a certain number of times, and all that kind of stuff. So they didn't. They weren't pressed for the roster spot, I suppose. And also, maybe there was some optimism that Justin Fields could be back within four weeks, but that hasn't happened. So I, I don't know. It's really hard to get a straight answer out of Matt Eberflus. <laughs> I think you get one. It comes back around, and I. It's a, it's, it's a frustrating lesson when you're in those press conferences. I'm going to, not going to
1: lie. It's kind of like asking my child why she didn't complete her homework. And instead of being like, "Ah, I just didn't do it. It's got to be this long winded explanation. And all of a sudden she's talking about, you know, playing handball with Luna. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't, you're, you're now bringing in information. I don't need, I just, did you do it or not? And very simple. And I know the reporters were trying to follow up with him. I just wish because I was a little frustrated, and because I was like, "Is he? Is there a chance he can play?" Like nobody, nobody asked that direct question. Like, "Well, wait, he's doubtful. Can he play tomorrow?" And if you would, and then I don't know. He kind of i I don't know if he's trying to be effuse or obtuse on purpose. Like he's like, "Oh yeah, I need to be obtuse," and kind of. I think that's. I think that's
0: what it is. I just he needs more media training because there's a way to say things as a head coach without revealing too much information. And some really good coaches are very honest about the things that they can be honest about. And it gets them a lot of rapport with Mm. reporters and reporters understand that there's this, there's a competitive advantage there that you don't want to give up too much of your game plan and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you don't, have to talk in these circles and you don't have to be vague to the point of sounding clueless because that's that's what Matty Bert sounds like half the yeah. time. And I know he's not. That's the thing. You don't get to be a head coach in this league by being clueless. That doesn't happen. So I I wish that he would do him I wish that Matty Rapuse would do himself more favors by speaking more directly to reporters being upfront about what he can and can't say and that just comes with time that comes with media training of which I don't think he's gotten any.
1: <laughs> I think um he should just either that or flat out lie and then be like yep he's playing and then just have every and then 90 minutes before the game be like just kidding he's out he's inactive just just to screw with everybody because I know I, I, you know, yeah, cause he can't because fantasy football and because of gamblers. And like, that is the reason why he can't play head games with things. And it's kind of a disappointment. Like I, I, I was not an old person when this was going on, but I was young enough to remember, like you would never know, like these guys, these coaches, like you would be like, oh, like, you know, like you would not know whether a guy was going to play. I remember this is the most, this is the earliest reference I can think of as a young man. Now, we all know now, looking back in hindsight, Bo Jackson was, was forced to retire from football because of a hip injury that he sustained against the Cincinnati Bengals in an AFC divisional playoff game. The Leading up to the morning of the AFC championship game, there was, and this is the Raiders, so this is Al Davis, keep in mind. There is still a chance. And the Bills, I remember the Bills distinctly being like, We're not gonna believe that Bo Jackson is not playing until we see him on the sidelines in street clothes. And there was some there was something special about that. Like this the mind games and the things that would go on. Now it's like, well, we gotta we gotta keep everybody in the loop. We don't want Matthew Barry ranting for 90 minutes because, you know. The the Bears tricked everybody. I mean, everybody hates Thursday night football as it is. So if the Bears were to go out there and pull the shenanigans like that, because I would, because our show, like I'll even give you a for instance, like NFL Fantasy Live, we don't know. Like even before the show, we have to be like, yeah, he hasn't been ruled out yet, but it is a thing. Like you got to go out there and you got to know. But yeah, Matt Eberflus is not helping himself. I just wish, yeah, I just wish he could be like, he's probably not going to play. Like I would not.
0: he still said that though. He said, no, like he was asked point blank, is Justin going to play tomorrow? And he was like, no. And then they're like, okay, so why the doubtful designation? Why not out? And they're like, well, and then Maddie Riffle started talking in circles about how they're going to give him and see how it goes. They want to give him an extra day, all that kind of stuff before like ruling him out. Yeah. And I'm like, but if he's not going to play, then it, like I said, you can take him through all the warm ups. You can take him to, you can, you can work him out however you want to work him out. Yeah. But like, Regardless of if he's on the cusp. And then Maddie Hibbert was also said that if this was a Sunday game, that there would probably be a little bit of a more of a chance. Right. I think he said, or they would, they would take a longer look at it. It was still very noncommittal, but yeah. I do think that Thursday plays into this. So just, just rule them out. Rule them out. Rule them out.
1: Yeah. And then, out. and then if you wanted to throw in a reference that nobody would get, be like, oh, he could Willis read it. And then, you know, people would be like, I don't know what this is. And they would go out and they would Google it and be like, oh, that was clever. Um, but none of that stuff. And by the way, Courtney Crun, I think it was a direct response to me because I've been the one who's been like, why hasn't he just been on IR? But like you said, and like she said, there was still some optimism there. There was still some hope that he was going to miss a week, maybe two. And then it turns into three. And then like, well, you can't IR him now. It's not like I don't believe that the disabled list is similar to what it is in baseball. Like if a guy doesn't play right. for six days in baseball, you can put him on the D de- uh, I, I don't think they call it the retroactively.
0: Yeah, you can put him retroactively, retroactively. on that right. doesn't yeah. that doesn't work in
1: football. I'm assuming so there well, it is. There's no
0: point to doing it in football either. There's no point yeah. to doing it because uh it wouldn't yeah, it just wouldn't matter because you wouldn't get that roster spot back. From the past,
1: yeah, that's true. Which is the reason that people do this, so like, ah, uh, we're we're good. We're our team is on the field, and you're yeah. allowed to bring an extra quarterback along, so it's not the end of the world. So, but enough about the negative stuff. Uh, <laughs> Jaquan Brisker is going to be back, which is cool. Tyreek Stevenson mm-hmm. practicing in full. I know there were some questions about Cole Komet. He's full. He's ready to go. Yeah. I want to ask though about Montez Sweat because there were a lot of people in the media who were like, "This is the dumbest move." unless of course he gets signed long-term and then he gets signed long-term and now they're like, well now they spent too much, but I, I don't think the bears can ever win with whatever they do. But now that Montez sweat has signed, he is going to be a member of the bears for the next four plus years. Uh, how do you feel about the deal now? Yeah. Here's the thing. The
0: minute you traded away that second round pick, you couldn't win. You just couldn't because that gave Montez Sweat all the leverage and it forced you into a situation that you were trying to avoid in the first place, which is overpaying for, for someone. But if you think that he was worth the second round pick, you had no choice but to sign him to an extension at that point. And you had yeah. you have to compete with market value. And the Bears got Montez Sweat technically for under his projected market value. Um, but he they, they did give him a ton of guarantees, second most guarantees uh, of any Ed Rusher, I believe. I understand what you had to do to justify giving up that second round pick plus you wanted to keep the franchise tag available and I was firmly in the camp that you couldn't give up any more for Montez Sweat you could not use the franchise tag on him after paying a second round pick to get him that was just not that's not the optics aren't good it's not good business uh you had to sign him to the long-term extension so the Bears did that I understand the fact that Montez Sweat has not had a double-digit sack season, and he likely won't this year either because he's kind of on his own at this point on this defensive line and doesn't have the benefit of four, three other All Pros or All Pro caliber players playing next to him as of right now. But if you think he fits within your scheme, he's good against the run. He's a good all-around defender. He can't his length can get to quarterbacks. If you think that he can be a difference maker, then this was a good this was a good contract. Uh, it's now up to Montez what to live up to it uh, for Bears fans to feel better about it, I suppose.
1: Right. Oh, it's and not-
0: that's a lot of pressure.
1: I know Bears fans are fine with it. I think it's uh, other members of the media. No, you're still you're still talking, but you're in a frozen state on the screen. Um, we can still see you. It's like the end of Ocean's Twelve, and they they freeze on Catherine Zeta Jones, and then they just go to black. Can you still hear me? Nope. Okay. We'll bring her back at some point. Here's the thing, though. I think for a lot of Bears fans, outside of the ones who love to play salary cap general, and they're like, well, you know, like what I mean, it's fine, but listen, when you talk about building franchises, everybody has said that the Bears need to invest on the in the trenches. Invest in the trenches and go from there. And that's exactly what teams like the Detroit Lions have done that helped them be so successful. So this offseason, you know, I think Tevin Jenkins has proven himself to be a stud. So we've got a a linchpin there. Nate Davis was brought in, even though he's been ruled out this week. Okay. And now you you draft Darnell Wright, who looks like an amazing player. He's going to be locked in at right tackle for a long time to come. We'll have a decision to make about our left tackle at some point because Braxton Jones has missed a couple of games, but we'll see when he comes back, he'll get an opportunity to prove himself. But there's a chance, you know, with having... What's expected to be a lot of draft capital, uh, an opportunity to go out there and add on to the offensive line through the draft at some point, but it's okay. Um, I'm just ranting about everything. And um, oh no, are you frozen again? Can we hear you? Oh no, we lost her again. It's the blurred background. It's okay. I would just say this like, Everybody wants to build through the trenches, and that's exactly what the Bears have been doing. Like, they you know, they jumped a the gun, so they were gonna have to pay somebody, like, you have to pay money, anyways. And the Bears have all this cap space, so it's like, don't worry, we can afford it. We can afford to stay at the Cosmo. Now, you sit there and you might pay a little bit more for the Bellagio, and you're like, well, we could have stayed for that money at the Resorts World or the Cosmopolitan. That's fine, but we're staying at the Bellagio. And I'm happy with that choice. It's surge pricing. It is what it is. You pay the money, you go on. It's not that big a deal. You you spend a second round pick. Good. Do you think that the the 34th, 39th overall pick is gonna be as good as Montez Sweat? I that's a that's a pretty risky. Like, I know that people love draft picks, but that's a pretty risky proposition. And you know what? And considering the fact that you could end up with two top five picks you are going to need money in four to five years when those players start to become, you're starting to pick up fifth-year options on two top five picks. You will need Montez Sweat's contract to be expiring at that point so that you have money to spend. And if your second overall pick, which is basically a first-rounder, if that player was good too, you would have to pay him. So it actually, fingers are crossed, don't worry. So we would have to be paying a lot of money, but I think, but it is, listen, I love the idea though. what I've been talking about is built, like everybody wants to build through the trenches, which is what Detroit did. And we're building through the trenches and having to spend a second round pick is good. I'm expecting those picks to come back though, because depending on how these teams finish up, whatever the, regardless of the decision on Justin Fields. It feels like one of those top five picks is going to be flipped and we're going to end up with a boatload of picks anyways, which gives us a little bit more freedom to make moves like this.
0: Yeah, that was the other thing that I was going to say is you have a lot of capital that you can be a little bit more cavalier with a with a high second round pick like that. And I do fully expect one of the picks, the first round picks, at least to be flipped, um, even if they do use the first on a quarterback the likelihood is that these are going to be two top three, top five picks. And so we, even the second pick is going to be very valuable.
1: No, for sure. And especially, you know, if the the quarterbacks go one, two, and let's say Arizona ends up with the first pick and decides to go with Caleb Williams or Drake May and the Bears take the other guy. If you had the third overall selection, I know a lot of people would be like, let's get Marvin Jones Jr. I would suspect that we would end up trading down and probably again, going back and building through the offensive and defensive lines, uh, probably with a team that has both old, mm-hmm. I mean, like, or if they even, I mean, if some, if somehow Justin Fields comes back and proves that he is the franchise quarterback, then you're like, oh, then gosh, both those picks could end up being moved. And then you're talking about so much draft capital. So it is, it is really, it's a weird obsession that some people have, continuing to wanna to harp on the bears but I really do believe that that was a a, a good a good move. It wasn't a great move, it's a good move. I know the money is a lot. And if I'm not mistaken though, it doesn't Daniel Jones make as much as Patrick Mahomes this year. Like it's like that's the way the contracts work in the NFL. Like yeah, like the best player is often not the most highest paid player. This whatever your contracts mm-hmm. up. Montez Sweat's contract in 3 years will not be the highest for a edge rusher. So we'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I, I have to, I have to agree. That's just how it works. That's that. that's the highest paid. And I just don't think he wanted to get into a bidding war in free agency either for one of these guys.
1: No, it is, it is the, it is probably the best move to make. And I know that Atlanta would have been in the mix and there's some other teams. You never know. You never know who's going to go out there and need a player of his caliber. So getting them locked up is a great thing to do. And I see you're still kind of fighting it. I do want to see though, if we have any questions out there, I want to, yeah. I know that we, we, we typically don't, we don't turn to questions. We, we usually blow off the audience and I feel bad. I want to get out there and get a chance, Um Jason Toy asked, Adam and Carmen, what do you think the chances are we fire Flus before the end of the year? Which is an interesting question to ask because a lot of people are of the mind that if the Bears lose on Thursday night, that Eber Floos could be fired. I don't believe that's going to be the case. I would expect him to finish out the season with the Chicago Bears. I know a lot of people think that perhaps he could end up still coaching the team next season, but he's ending the year with Chicago. Is that right, Carmen?
0: The Bears have never fired a head coach midseason in their 100-plus year history. That's never happened. So I don't see it starting now unless some of these off-the-field issues crop back up for details on things that happened off-the-field. I think that's the only thing that could make the McCaskies deviate from a 100-year, a century of history. But next year, I, I don't know that I'm committing to Matty Ruflus definitely being here, but I also think he probably will be because the fact that McCaskies don't like paying coaches that aren't coaching for them. And I don't know for sure. Cause we don't know the details of Matt Iberflus's contract, but it's likely a three or four year deal. And at that point, if it's a four year deal, you still got multiple years left on this contract. So I just, I can't think that they're going to make any drastic moves when they're investing in Eberflus's system as well with stuff like the Montez sweat trade and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I would think there's virtually no chance during the season, unless yeah. some of the off the field stuff comes back.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, I just hope that, you know, since Montez sweat is coming from the team that Eric B is coaching right now, that they would have a little bit of like, Oh, like you got to bring in a defensive coordinator. That's going to be able to not Jack Del Rio, but like somebody who will know how to use him. Cause you have to think about like, like, you know, I think Montez sweat would fit just about any system and you just kind of make players like that work. But I know that's mm-hmm. all that, that, that's a little too simplistic. And I always get mad at people yeah. who always yep. try to like, to act like it's Madden football to be like, Oh yeah, this is great player plays well in any system, but you know what? It's, it pays to have good players. And uh, I think if you're the general manager, you want to ensure that you have good players around you. And I think that if Maddie refluse is, dismissed which would be unfortunate because he is a nice person You say he's not a bad human being if he was to be dismissed and you know you're hiring you know somebody to come in and and you know head up this organization or head coach be the head coach of this team you would have to go over the personnel and be like hey like what do you think of this quarterback what do you think of dj moore Defensively, what do you think of Jaquan? You know, and you would go through all that stuff, and as you sort of evaluate it, are these the kind of players that fit into your system? Maybe that coach wouldn't be a good match if it's not. So, and also people do lie on job interviews, so I don't know. You can't always trust it. Uh, I know that I did. Listen, when I went back in 2007 to work for NFL.com, and they're like, "Hey, we're looking for somebody who wants to be an editor, not somebody who wants to write." not somebody who wants to be on TV. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm ready to be an editor. I'm going to be a newsroom leader. And then a week later after I got hired, I'm like, yeah, I want to write. And uh, how can I get on NFL network? Just what happens. Uh, But I, but I think that we would both agree that there's virtually no chance that Matt Eberflus is fired during the season. So uh, get used to it and get used to having some more fun during the press conferences. Uh, But thank you for the question. How about another one? What do we got? Sammy, uh, Alan Watson, can it even be possible to evaluate Justin Fields with this coaching staff and this line? I think you, you can, I think that there's some things about him that you can evaluate some things that you can look at. And I know that Chris Collinsworth got in trouble uh, for talking about this, about like, learn from this undrafted rookie, but there are some things that you watch with Justin Fields and you're like, Hey, like, You hold on to the ball too long. You try to make hero plays all the time. Like, is that coachable? Can we get him out of that? Can you develop this player? I think that some of those problems are, you know, like they just, they're going to always be there. And I, and, and the troubling thing too, is like, I don't know if you ever watch USC game. I'm not talking about you, Carmen. I'm talking about the lay person in general. Caleb Williams does that a lot too. Caleb Williams always tries to make, like, gosh, like I, there were times, especially in that Washington game. I'm like, dude, this is like watching Justin Fields. Like the line sucks. He runs around. I shouldn't have the line sucks, but like he gets flushed out of the pocket. He doesn't like throwing the ball away. He always wants to hold on to it too long. Like, I don't know. Like, again, this would be one of the things that if you're bringing in a new coach and you would have some time, you would be able to like, is Justin, do you want to go with Justin Fields or do you want to draft one of these two guys with a top five pick that we have? So I think you can evaluate him. I don't know that it's fair to Justin Fields, but I think you can evaluate him. Uh, What do you think, Carmen?
0: You absolutely can. That's the business of this game. Justin Fields has had 33 games in this league to prove whether or not he's a franchise player. And forgive me, but if you're a true franchise player, if you are a truly elite player, you can overcome these circumstances. Look at what CJ Stroud is doing in virtually the same situation in Houston. He's got a defensive first time head coach. He's got a first time play caller as his offensive coordinator. He's got a questionable line, even more so than the Bears. I don't think the line is an excuse anymore. Like they're they're playing together now and Tevin Jenkins I just I love the character arc for Tevin yeah. Jenkins because he has a strength for this line now. You can't use the line as an excuse anymore. You just can't. It's it's better than it's not the best line in the world, but it's better than probably at least a third of the other teams in this league at mm. this point. And see Stroud is again in the same situation. He's got less at, at, at his skill positions. He's got less when it comes to his offensive line. And he just went out there and threw 470 and five touchdowns. And like, again, he's in a very similar situation. It was his ninth NFL game. So I, I tend to think, and this is why I was hesitant because I'm like, I still need to see it out of Justin Fields. And I haven't seen it yet and that's the that's the that's i don't know I, if that's the unfortunate part is what it is because i do think that justin has a ton of talent and i do think that coaching could help him out a ton and if he was truly in a system that tailored to his skill set he could be a better player and you could see more out of him and you could get a better evaluation but that being said this is a business he's had time and i don't see him overcoming his circumstances, I don't see him elevating players around him. And again, when you're talking franchise quarterback, not just a starting quarterback, not just your quarterback this year, when you're talking a franchise player, you need to be able to see that. And that that's, that's goes for anyone. That doesn't just go for Justin Fields. I feel like that's the benchmark we judge all franchise players on. And you look at Daniel Jones, how many people thought he was undeserving of that contract because he didn't elevate the players around him. He didn't overcome his circumstances. He was a serviceable quarterback, and that was it. And you're paying him franchise money. So I think that's a really good question, actually. I'm just thinking about this. It's a really good question to ask fans. Is, would you be comfortable giving Justin Fields $40 million a year right now? Because that is what you're headed towards if you keep him. And I don't know the answer to that for most Bears fans. I would be very interested to know.
1: It is a, it is an interesting question because prior to the Minnesota Vikings game, he was coming off back to back weeks of throwing four touchdown passes. So we were starting to do it. He obviously was flustered in that game against the Minnesota Vikings, but he did not get an opportunity to finish it out. He did not get a chance. Cause I, that, I think that's one of the things that I really wanted to see out of Justin Fields next is like, he, he was making the throws. Like he had the four, four touchdown games, winning some games, like, Okay, like okay, now you've won a game. He went to Washington, made a couple of clutch throws uh, to seal a game. Like okay, I wanted to see that. Felt great about that. I wanted to see him. I wanted to give him the opportunity to go out there and play in a game where it's like it's been rough and you've been held to 112 yards, but then you went out there when the time was when when the chips were on the line, and you went out there and made that win. So I think that when he returns, and hopefully after the mini buy, which will come after this week. He is going to be the starting quarterback again. And it is play for your contract. It's like being on the PGA tour. Like you need to make the cut. You need to go out there and show it. I believe that Justin Fields can do it. I think that he can overcome the coaching. I think that he can make the throws. He's got to be more decisive. He's got to make quick throws. He's got to pepper DJ more with targets. Go out there and do those things that other quarterbacks who are successful go out there and do. I still think he can do it. Do I feel comfortable at this moment giving him a $40 million contract? I wouldn't, but I still believe that he could earn himself into that position. If he comes back and he goes on a tear and the Bears win five of their last eight or they do something special, then I'm like, let's go. Let's see what happens. And then we can use that capital to get even more players and see what happens and build a strong roster. But I think that he just needs to go out there and he needs to do it. And I think that's fair. And I think that you don't have to be labeled. i you don't like, it's not <laughs> hating. Like I, I no. want to see it. Yeah. That's, it I, over. that's
0: Literally all I've said. That's all I've said going into this season. Everybody was really high on, you know, it's second year in the system. He doesn't have any more excuses, all that other stuff. So I'm like, okay, show me, show me. And I, I'm not saying he can or can't do it. I'm still not saying he can or can't do it. I'm not making judgments on the future necessarily. Uh, but until he shows me that. I can't sign off on, on, on the Bears keeping him and not drafting a new quarterback when they have such valuable draft capital in, the, in this draft. Like, Not only are you playing for is Justin Fields, playing for his contract, he's playing to keep someone else out of the organization that is, a, that is undoubtedly a higher prospect than he was. So he's playing to keep his competition out of the building. And that's what you need to see. You need to see him come in in those clutch situations, you need to see him lead a game winning drive. Which, again, we saw C.J. Stroud do that on Sunday. So I just – I to a rookie, no less, who had multiple drops in that game. So I don't want to hear about being able to trust his receivers. I don't want to hear about, like, that you can't let that prevent you from playing the game and playing your game the way you're supposed to, playing the game itself the way you're supposed to. Again, I saw a rookie do it. I saw a rookie do it. So I need to see Justin Fields do it after 33 starts.
1: Well, in fairness, in fairness, Justin Fields did do it as a rookie and then the referees uh, called a a taunting penalty on Cassius Marsh, which kept him from having a signature comeback uh, win because, I don't know, some referee, I don't know, that guy cannot still be employed by the NFL. Like, I was just, because, like, this is the day in history that it happened, and I remember it was a Monday night game. I was doing the Monday night post game show, and I just remember that play being like, that referee purposely... hip checked him and then threw a flag like, wait, how are you like, how does a referee draw a foul? Like, how is that possible? Where are we in society that referee? like you're the referee. You don't have to draw the foul, just whatever. Um, but I think that again, he's going to have an opportunity to go out there and do it. And if he does it, I see, because I would still think that like, with having these two top five picks, and I know that Drake May is amazing, and Caleb Williams is this generational. We for it's so funny that the word generational talent gets thrown around so much. We've had like what six generational guys every year. So
0: even why can't we like, just say he's the best pat prospect this year? Best, why can't we just say player. that? Like
1: I just hey, That's
0: that's great. That's that's, a, that's a huge accomplishment. Uh,
1: and there's going to be quarterbacks the following year who is, who are going right. to come out in the draft. So like. Listen, if if Justin comes out enough, like, because having all those picks, like being able to flip, especially if you get first and second, imagine like what the Carolina Panthers paid for Bryce Young. Like, what is the price for Caleb Williams or Drake May? Like those like draft picks for years, years and building a sustainable football operation. I don't know. I, I want Justin to come out there and do it. And I hope he does it. And he's not going to, it's not going to start this week, uh, but in the, hopefully in the, in the coming weeks, he can go out there and get his opportunity. Uh, How about another question? Oh, by the way, before we do, okay, we'll do this. No, no, no. Bring up Devon. That's fine. Uh, Devon Doy, Do you believe the bears trading signing for sweat gives the bear draft versatility in 2024? I think it does. Like you're not handicapped into pat drafting a pass rusher. I thought I thought that part of it was savvy, and again, going back to the point of like, hey, they want to build through the trenches. I do think that it kind of opens up, it opens up the board for them a little bit.
0: I also think it gives you a little bit of insight into who Ryan Poles is as a GM because you have to think that instead of taking a gamble on a pass rusher, you now have you know you have a known commodity at that position, so could you get a similar prospect to what Montez sweat was in the second round rather than giving up that pick? Sure. But it's probably a gamble. It it is a gamble. Not probably. It is a gamble because you never know at the end of the day, if these guys are actually going to pan out. So this was a vote of, Hey, we definitely need a pass rusher. I need a, like at least some sort of veteran, some known commodity that I know can at least be a little bit of a difference maker just on his own. That's not a thing that you want to put on a rookie necessarily. And again, if you do flip one of those picks, I feel like you, you've got edge rusher as a major need off the board. You're, you're going to need another one. You can never have enough edge rushers, right? But yeah. you need offensive linemen. You need probably another running back. You need, so you have still some of these very high needs or these pressing needs uh, that you now have the ability to go and draft because you're not worried about an edge rusher anymore. Yeah. And you have the known commodity there i I think you should get a mix of offensive linemen i think you should get some experienced guys spend some money and then i also think that you can draft them uh drafted you know a couple but uh yeah i just think that this was checking a box checking something off the list that was important to you with a known commodity and that shows you kind of where ryan poles heads at a little bit
1: yeah he's he's going to the trenches which is a great idea i mean He drafted Darnell Wright. He traded for Montez Sweat. I think that, again, it's a blueprint of building through the trenches, one that's been proven to be successful in the NFL for quite some time. How about another question? Uh, uh, I was just going to say, Scott uh, Rankin-Carmen, do you think the Bears will ever attain a conversation with Harbaugh? I know that Kevin Warren is there now, but I I don't see it happening. Thoughts? I do know that it is a, a fantasy booking type of situation where we hope I mean, I, I've seen the memes and I've seen the photoshops, Jim Harbaugh, what are the chances? Like, is it a remote chance? Is it a big chance? Like, what, do, what do you think the odds are coming?
0: I don't think the odds are great that Eberflus is out. So I just don't think anybody has a good chance necessarily of them doing their due diligence. But I mean, mentioning Kevin Warren makes they think that people are like, well, we would more allow that because of all the recruiting violations and all that stuff that happened at, at, at Michigan, all the stuff that continues to happen at Michigan, which is just honestly, it's comedy at this point. But yeah. you have to remember, like, Kevin Warren knows pro, like, the pro game. He knows that in the NFL, I don't give a crap about those recruiting violations. Like, that's right. not something because... that we have to deal with. I mean, there's tampering, there's tampering, obviously, and you don't want to do that. But it's not like Kevin Warren, because he had to impose like, any sort of sanctions or threatened sanctions on Michigan, that he would deny the Bears a good football coach yeah. if they felt that that was what was best for the team. I don't think Kevin Warren is stopping that because it's Jim Harbaugh and they have a history and all that stuff in the Big Ten. Like Kevin Warren is a smarter man than that, and he's been around the NFL more than he was in, in collegiate football. So I don't think that there's that issue. Uh, I don't know if that's what ends up happening. I don't know if the bears want to go after Jim Harbaugh uh, because I don't know that they're done with you. And even, like, again, if by as purely performance performance based bears have not shown that they are quick to pull the trigger on some of these guys. I mean, I know Mark Trussman was only there for a little bit, but you know,
1: that was an yeah, But I, doesn't count. I do think I know, <laughs> I know, but I, I do believe that it's more of a new world order with Kevin Warren and that he's going to I mean his clock like he's not going to be around forever he's got to make it like if he needs to make a move i think he's going to be able to make a move i think that i don't know with the potential like just the bears have just kind of modernized their thinking you know in in some respects where they again exploring the opportunity to move to Arlington Heights whether you think that's going to happen or not, but still like exploring those opportunities, buying that land and develop it and build the stadium shows that they understand the way that the NFL is right now. Kevin Warren. I mean, yeah, in some respects, he knows Jim Harbaugh as well as anybody. And if he thinks that he can win for the Chicago bears, then there would be nothing to stop him. I think it's laughable when you hear things like, well, the NFL might impose sanctions on like, no, no, no. Like who I'm sorry. Who's the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns? Get off your moral high ground of like, oh, there was a recruiting violation. Like, shut up! Like you're, right, you're not doing it. Right. Like no, no, no. Like on the
0: spectrum, on the spectrum of things that make someone a bad guy, recruiting violations cool. Yeah.
1: Pretty- stealing <laughs> signs. <laughs> hey, did you ever? Did you Everybody ever take back? It. Oh my god! Like, did the Patriots ever have to forfeit like a Super Bowl title? No. Like it's not. Like no. Like it's whether also, you believe it happened. The
0: sign stealing. The sign stealing at Michigan is technic- is legal in the NFL, yeah. like legal, like and the NFL sends advanced scouts to every game and they Thank are not you. there to look at the players because you can see the players on film. They are there to look at the processes and how players uh, like how teams sub in and sub out. They look for signs and signals and they can't they can't take a video camera to that. Still, that's something that's still illegal in the NFL but they, can abs- they absolutely go back to their teams and they say, hey, listen, yeah, I noticed when they're in this formation, they make this, like, signal. And I noticed that wing swapping seems like it means this. And then you go back and you try to confirm it on tape. That's legal in the NFL. That is a legitimate position. There is an advantage out every team. That's There's somebody's job. Can- so, like, what Michigan is in trouble for is something that is totally legal in the NFL.
1: Yeah, so don't worry about that being a part of the uh, th- that being a part of the problem, and also don't worry about where to watch the game on Thursday night because Game Room Chicago, located at the historic Chicago Athletic Association Hotel right across from Millennium Park, features billiards, b- uh, shuffleboard, skee ball, pop a shot, and so much more, and has plenty of room to watch your favorite games like the Chicago Bears going up against the Carolina Panthers. Plus, with a menu featuring Michelin starred chef mari katsamura snack foods there's also beer towers a weekend bloody mary bar there are shareable craft cocktails so much more it's a high end way to watch a football game if you're if you want to sit there you want to have a nice out nice evening out and you want a little little bit of an upscale experience when watching your football games go to game room chicago Watch the Bears win on Thursday night. You can go watch the Big Ten games on Saturday. And because the Bears aren't going to be playing on Sunday and you still want to go out and catch all the action, go to Game Room Chicago, check it out, and uh, we'll be there at some point in the near future. And I know that our time is drawing near. I want to see, Sam, is there one more question uh, to get to before we can get on? Uh, Love the podcast. What's your score prediction? Thank you, Junior Jordan. I, listen, I I know... All right, listen. Here's my I appreciate the question, oh. right? <laughs> I don't know. Can you pick a winner with Fox Sports? Are you allowed to do that? Oh now your connection. Now your connection's going. Why wouldn't I be? Oh no, I,
0: I said no. Why why wouldn't I be?
1: Okay. All right, then make a prediction. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Um I oh gosh. Okay. Um taking the under do we know what the over/under is let's see over under on this game. i don't even know
1: what it is i i don't know any of this information i don't know what the uh i don't know what you're because uh, i would take the said...
0: under whatever it is oh no, now you're
1: was, gonna make uh it. all right 17 13
0: bears 17 13 bears. how's that
1: i love it let me see what the bears uh spread mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. even know now i'm doing this on a work computer too ah, sammy's got us there sammy's uh, got us 38 and a half 38 and, 38 and half. a half. Holy heck. Uh, yeah, no, I'm selects. still taking the under. <laughs> Twenty-one seventeen would be the under, so I, I don't know what that oh, means. Bears are minus or three and a half. I will, bears well, are I minus will say three, three
0: and a half, so they're the favorites.
1: Well, i got to do the fantasy show on Thursday, and I know like People look at these, and and I was listening to SiriusXM today as well, and people are like, well, the Bears' defense is terrible. I'm like, okay, the Bears' defense is not terrible. They've been playing better in recent weeks. Brisker's back. uh, Tyreek Stevenson's back. He's healthy. He's ready to go. The Bears' defense has played really well against bad quarterbacks. The only bad quarterback who had a good game against the Bears was Jordan Love, and that's because that team came into that contest ill-prepared. But every time they've played a lower-level quarterback, they've done pretty well. It's been the high-end guys, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. I do not put Bryce Young in that category right now. So I think that the Bears' defense comes out and plays pretty well, and I think they hold them off. I think it's going to be like 20-10. to I think the Bears are going to take this one. I think Tyson's going to play a very conservative game, but I think they're going to pepper DJ Moore with some targets. We saw that Khalil Herbert was questionable for this contest, so perhaps he gets back into the mix, but we could see, gosh, Roshan Johnson just didn't carry the ball. Uh, It was a lot of Deontay Foreman, which is fine because, you know what, the Bears have a luxury there at the position. So I think they can run the ball. If I'm not mistaken, Carolina's really bad against stopping the run. Their passing defense seems better than it is because nobody passes on them. They just run the ball, although over Mm -hmm. the last five weeks, uh, they've been a little bit more vulnerable to throwing the ball through the air. But I think they'll use shorter passes to kind of open up the run. But you can run on this team, and I think we'll see a heavy dose of all the Bears running backs, which should keep the score going, score low because there's going to be a lot of clock movement, not a lot of clock stoppages. So we'll do that. But in any event, what are you gonna what, what are you up to this week for uh, the foxsports.com there, Carmen?
0: Uh, well, I will have an immediate reaction from the Bears game, uh, either up on Thursday night or Friday because it'll be late Thursday night. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I have the Sam Laporta story coming out, and I talked to Rob Gronkowski about Sam. I talked, we talked to Greg Olson about Sam, um, mm. and I talked to some coaches and evaluators from around the league just about you know who Sam was coming out, what they thought of him. I had an NFC one NFC tight ends coach actually tell me that Sam Laporta was first on their board too, and if he was available, they would have taken him. Uh, so it's just interesting to get, like, especially now to go back and compare that tight end, this tight end class, this rookie tight end class, which was right deep. Um, and Michael Mayer was taken right after Sam Laporta. So those two are kind of linked and they played each other last Monday night, which was, you, you don't hear people talk about Michael Mayer. That's all I'm saying. I, I think I'll still be a good player, though. So it was a long, it was a long drawn out process of trying to get uh, people to talk about Sam Laporta. And so I did a lot of work on it. It'll be out tomorrow uh wrote about the vikings and just how hard what josh Dobbs did was and also uh that we need to be giving more props to kevin o'connell because he was out there just playing madden in real time and i don't think that the vikings get that win done last week against the falcons if they don't have a former quarterback at head coach so i wanted to yeah, i gave a shout out to kevin o'connell um hey, other see- than that this weekend yeah i, lo- I love kevin he's great i uh, i think I don't know what else I have this weekend. Oh, I'll be on um, football night in Chicago on Friday. So that's nice Yeah, on Friday. Uh, I think I'm going to go into the studio and see my guys at CHGO too. So check those things out.
1: Very cool. Be sure to uh, keep up with that. I, in addition to what you were doing with Kevin, uh, Sam Laporta, excuse me. I asked Mike Martz. I said, Mike Martz, how good is Sam Laporta? And Mike Martz says, he's so good. I would trade him away. So, you know, that's the stamp of approval. If Mike Marts thinks you're such a great tight end that he no, I didn't talk to him. I would never talk to Mike Marts. I'll still never forget him. Forgive him for trading away Greg Olson. Well, um, well I
0: did. I did have uh, Rob tell me that Sam Laporta is changing the game for rookie tight ends. So he, yeah. but he's very insistent that Sam is not going to end up with more touch more touchdowns than Rob did uh, his first no. year, which was ten. He's like he might hey, he's going to have more receiving yards and catches than I did, but no more tutties i was like okay sure rob
1: and rob gretkowski also blocked so there is that um which is so to making see, that's
0: the point we we'll also blocks.
1: does he oh, does he, he right. does.
0: he does all right like, i'm like gonna... i talked to guys about the, like the whole iowa program and why that's such a big thing there and
1: yeah yes
0: sam laporta blocks he's really good at it
1: all right. I'm going to go back and I'm going to go pop in that Raiders game tonight and I will report back and I'll let you know. I'm going to go back and chart it. But in any event, I want to thank you for uh, for all your hard work. Thanks for being here. Thanks for bearing with the uh, Wi-Fi issues. Uh, as yeah, always, we appreciate we you do. being here. And we appreciate everybody who is uh, listening in with the show, uh, giving some comments and all that good stuff. I know it's not a great time to be a Bears fan, but we do appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. And uh, the Tyler Scott show is going to be pushed till Friday Uh, We'll be talking to him after the game. So uh, that's why we didn't have an episode on Tuesday. We'll talk to him on Friday. So until that time, I will see you. Enjoy the game on Thursday night. For Carmen, I'm Adam. Bear down. And Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.